What is your primary job as facilitator? This is a very important question and I will answer this and two more questions later in this episode. Hi, my name is Peter Kofler. I am the Code Cop. Obviously, I am fanatic about clean code and for many years I tried hard to develop quality software. Eventually, I had to change my motto to developing quality software developers. In this podcast, I will answer questions about facilitation, hosting, and participation of coded reads, or any kind of hands-on session in general. If you have any questions regarding your coded read, please send me an email or leave a comment. So this is the 13th episode. Let's see if there is some misfortune happening during recording, but then I can always cut it out, so I'm safe. Let's come uh, back to the primary question. So, what is your primary job as facilitator? This is a very, very important question. I would say it's the second important thing after the Coding Dojo Mindset at all. For the Coding Dojo Mindset, see episode 10 of this podcast. And your primary job as facilitator is to manage frustration. Uh, Your job is to make it easier, basically because even the easy tasks are not easy enough for participants. People usually uh, wish for challenges and they want uh, harder constraints and they want harder exercises, but they were overestimating themselves. And then they are frustrated and stuck and it's not fun, they are not learning, so it's not good. I wrote a detailed blog post about different options to reduce difficulty of exercises and increase them if necessary, but usually you need to decrease it, and I will put it uh, to the notes. So in order to manage frustration, you have to look at the people, their communication, their body language. It's not about the code, it's about the other things. Oliver talked about uh, the things beside the code in episode 12, if you want to look there for more detail. On the last Cotitary training, someone asked me if it's okay to have the first session without pair programming. I've never seen such a session like that. It seems to be against the idea of collaboration. On a Cotitary, pairing is mandatory. See episode 8, why pairing is so important to the Cotitary. So pairing is one of the key uh, factors for the energy during the day, for the sharing and the learning. But then I think the person asked that because uh, he was thinking about the progression of pair programming. So if we start without pair programming, then the next session could be with uh, basic pair programming. So if you want to have a progression, you could just put them to pair without any explanation and then on the next session we could focus on ping pong for example so very basic pair programming so ping pong it's a very basic constraint person a writes a failing test and person b implements the test so makes it green and then person a has the opportunity to refactor and then they take turns so person b uh, writes the next failing test. That's good to get started in pair programming. Another reason might be that there is only a single person left. What to do if you have a single person left? I talked about episode 7 of this podcast. 
And it seems by having more and more episodes, my answer can get shorter and shorter and I'm just referencing other podcasts. That's cool. One thing I have asked me since some years is how I could support participants to continue their learning journey after the code treat. So during the code retreat, people are usually very enthusiastic, they learned a lot, but then after the code retreat, it's going away. What could we do? The first thing we do is that in the closing retrospective, uh, one of the uh, usual questions, in fact, the final question is, what will you do differently on Monday? So this is already the first time when uh, we or make people think about the impact of the day. I also uh, sometimes when talking about that, I'm offering people to send me emails with questions or with some code they spent on practicing so I would have a look and give them feedback. Don't worry that you will get uh, tons of emails because I never get any, but I'm still offering it to encourage them to do more and to stay in touch with the topic. Another way to do that is, and we always do that, is to announce the local crafter community, like the events, uh, the what's going on, are there coding dojos, when is the next coding dojo, are there meetups, are there other events that are related to the idea of, of practice and and software crafting so that people uh, stay around, they stay in touch, they, they join the community and then in the in the meetings they will continue working on on their skill. Right? Also I'm uh, having a list of things I'm offering them, not really offering, but I'm making people aware that they could do it to uh, continue their learning so it's part of my my closing uh, words if you wish and i even made a little handout i call it a box of things to take home for my code treat which contains the key items for my closing words i will go through them in a minute so in the end maybe people are tired uh, they're not listening it's not a problem because the, the key items are on the list and on the list of box to take away from the code treat i have uh, links to some sites having with code cutters like the coding dojo org or the codecutter.com then i have a link to the coding dojo the local one or when i was in another city i had a link to the meetup of that city so people know what's going on I'm encouraging people to do some pair programming with each other. Maybe they're uh, spending some time in a coffee shop uh, and uh, doing just some pair programming on some exercise. If you talk to people, uh, some people will uh, also agree and that's, that's a great start. I'm also putting on a link to screencasts, which are kind of recording of code cutters. It's like pairing uh, with famous people if they do the recording. So that's a similar thing, practicing, and all the points to the local community in general. All of what I did, but that was later, I uh, sent an email, maybe one month after the code retreat, to all participants uh, where I had the emails because of the registration. That was before the gdpr of course so now i'm not sure if i can do that but whatever so i sent them an email and i had uh, the picture of the closing retrospective of the items they said they would do different on monday for example 
Oh, I'm just sending them uh, my box of things to take home from the college to encourage them and to stay in touch with the topic. Or also, once I wrote a blog post uh, about these things. And an idea I had during the last college read was to schedule a meeting again in a month and uh, actually talk to people and ask them about the changes and if I could support them and what's the next step in their learning journey. So I never tried that. I'm not sure about uh, the rate of participation, but it would definitely be a cool idea and maybe I will try that in the future. That is all for this episode. I'm Peter Kofler and I wish you luck with your next code retreat or hands-on workshop. If you have any questions regarding your code retreat, please send me an email or leave a comment. I'm looking forward to hear from you how your event went. Code retreats are awesome. Let's have more of them.